0: So this film actually contains one of my favourite film scenes of all time and it includes a llama, a dog, a young boy, a Mm. grandma and Reese Witherspoon. (laughs) So the young boy and the grandma meet Reese Witherspoon's character after she finds their llama who's gone astray. And he's a small child and he's aware that he has some problems. And then he sings her a song and she starts to cry. I honestly think it's one of the best moments in film I've ever seen. And even if anyone listening who can't be bothered to watch the whole film, please do Google the llama scene in wild.
1: I'd say do watch the film. Yeah, definitely
0: say watch the film. Yeah,
1: and that,
2: and that,
0: sorry. (laughs)
2: Hello film fans. Joining Flix Watcher today we have Georgie. Hello. Hannah. Hello. And as always we have Kobe. Hi. And we're here to review Wild. Hello and welcome to this episode of Flix podcast. In our studio today we have Georgie and Hannah. If you would like to introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about the work that you do please.
0: Hi, I'm Georgie. I'm an actor and I also host the Screenster podcast. It's a film and television based podcast that looks at the film and TV industry through the lens of the people working in it. And I talk to everyone from script supervisors to directors, production designers to other actors and try and lift the lid a bit more on this industry. What people are working on, um, whether they like their jobs, whether they don't like parts of their jobs and what they're watching on TV and at the cinema.
1: Have you found any roles that you didn't know existed before that you're like, actually, I quite like that thing?
0: Yeah, so I learned recently a lot more about Foley artists. Mm. and the. Explain
1: what Foley artists are to people who so, don't know what Foley's are.
0: Oh, God, the pressure's on. But Foley is the magical art of being able to recreate sound effects that you don't necessarily capture live on set. So Foley artists um, record Foley, which means they might be um, recording the sound of a drawer, or playing a piano, or running some water, or taking some spoons out of um, out of a cabinet, and they create they recreate the sound effects that you can't capture live because it would be very difficult because you're too busy recording the actors. Yeah. And I just found it fascinating, you know, and you know barnaby this wonderful foley artist who i had on my podcast was telling me all about you know he enjoys wearing certain shoes to capture certain movements and sounds and yeah learned a lot
1: i like the foley artists that when you're or when they're recording like fight scenes uh, getting people punching like pork to, yeah. get, them, you know, punch, <laughs> to get the sound of actual <laughs> stuff being hit
0: it's amazing the things that they come up with. Yeah, yeah it's Smashing great. watermelons yeah. With brains and things yeah. in schools. Yeah, and squelching mangoes and things like that, yeah.
1: <laughs> and who are you?
0: Who am I? <laughs> um,
3: hi, everyone. I am Hannah. I run a podcast studio called Mag's Creative. I started the business with my sister, Faith, uh, a couple of years ago. And we now produce some pretty successful podcasts popular podcasts um we make the deliciously ella podcast um with ella and matthew mills we make a podcast called castaway which is a pretty meta podcast about podcasts where we get people on to talk about their top five favorite shows so if you're looking for a new podcast that's a good one to listen to to then listen find out the next show to listen to um (laughs) make a podcast called Body Language with Tasha Bishop, looking at women's relationships with their bodies and all those different guises. And we've got about 15 shows in our roster. Um, so that's me.
1: So do you actually own and run the studio specifically? or you, you? So we don't own
3: a physical studio space ourselves, mm-hmm. but um, we use lots of different studios, like we're here now, um, all across London. And we go travel all over the place, recording with different people as well. When they're not prepared to come into a studio, we go to them.
1: And how does it what's it like wrangling these fifteen different podcasts together and making sure they're produced and edited on time and
3: it it's a full time job for six people. Um it's it's pretty yeah, it's it's good. We work with some amazing people though. Yeah. So the team that we have absolutely love what we do, I think. Um and the hosts that we work with as well are just amazing. So it's late night sometimes, as I'm sure it is for you guys as well, and you've got to get something out the next day. Um,
1: but yeah, it's it's good. Uh, We're here talking about Wild, which is your choice, Georgie.
0: Yes, it is.
1: So can you tell us why you chose it and give us a synopsis in a minute or less?
0: I can indeed. So I chose Wild because I think it's got some lovely sentiments behind it. And I felt very inspired by watching it. And I'll admit that I think it does have its flaws, but I came away from watching it with a sense of sort of hope, I guess. Synopsis, it's a biographical film based on the journeys of a woman called Cheryl Strayed, played by Reese Witherspoon, and it documents her journey on the Pacific Crest Trail in the United States of America, and her hike on the PCT, and how during this time she grapples with the aftermath of her divorce with a heroin Addiction, with the death of her mother, and coming to terms with who she is as a person.
1: Helen, what were your thoughts on Wild? Is this the first time you watched it?
0: It is the first time I watched it, and um, I
2: was really surprised by it because this is the kind of film that I was thinking, "Oh no, I hope it's not like Eat, Pray, Love, one of those ones." Um, but what made you think
1: it's going <laughs> to be like Eat, Pray, Love? Uh, is. Like
2: Well, like a you know a woman, oh, I'm going on a personal journey, discovery kind of thing but i think the thing that is great about this is reese witherspoon um you know she really brings something else to to this character and gives it a very real sweary um lots of swearing lots of great swearing and and makes it a a bit more real than maybe it could have done because on paper it's it's kind of like it sounds like a hollywood film before you, you Before it was even turned into a film, it's already like this has to be a movie. Um, But no, it's and it's supported by a great performance by Laura Dern as well. And I didn't realise that Nick Hornby did the screenplay for Mm -hmm. this, so it's kind of got a little bit of his magic on there. And uh, bonus points is Bruce Springsteen in the soundtrack. So when was it? What song was it? Um, It was tougher than the rest. When she's walking, is she walking over some kind of bridge or something? At the end, walking. Mm. Yeah, she's always walking. <laughs> um, no, it was probably an hour, an hour or three, maybe. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hannah, what are your thoughts on this on Wild?
3: So I read the book first. Okay. And
1: Did you know the film was coming out when you no, read the book? You I read just, the book in, before uh, I
3: knew there was going to be a film. Cool. Um, and I really liked the book. I didn't watch the film for quite a long time after it had come out because I enjoyed the book. And because I had some preconceptions about what I thought it was going to be, um, my sister actually watched it on a plane to India when she was on a Eat, pray, Love style journey of self-discovery and really enjoyed it and recommended it to me and, and made me watch it. And I, I do like it. I really like it. I think Reese Witherspoon is brilliant and actually really surprising. Um, and I, I love a lot of what she does now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I love anything that's about physical exertion and sporting achievements or people pushing themselves past the point of kind of usual physical ability. And so I think that really gets me. Um, and yeah, I, th- I just like how real she is. I like that she swears. I like that she is not very good at it at the start. Um, so I, I I think it's a good one.
1: I, yeah, I really enjoyed this film. I don't know why I didn't see it when it first came out. I was aware of it and thought it's like a cool thing. And this is perhaps the first thing, because she set up a, a production company to yeah. produce more female-led stories and help promote that side of things. Um, and maybe I was like, oh, she's put herself in this one. So no, I'm going to start this thing so I can be in more films. Maybe that was my thinking. But Reese Witherspoon is an actor that's kind of surprised me more in the past few years and previously I think it was quite easy to write her off thinking like uh, cruel intentions yeah. kind of thing.
2: A bit bubbly blonde yeah. legally blonde. Yeah. But she's we've done that before and she's great in that and does a lot with a character which could have been done in a completely different way Absolutely. and not been as great.
1: And in Little White Lies, where she shares a screen again with Laura Dern, I don't know if you guys have seen the TV show,
0: Yeah.
1: uh, but her character in in, uh, Little White Lies, Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. Lies. I was going to say, is there another one? Her character in Big Little Lies could quite easily be someone you're so against, right? Well, she's from the start, you don't like her, but she is an absolutely amazing character in the show. All the, all the characters in, in Big Little Lies are amazing. And it's great to hear with Laura Dern again in, in that show. Um, one of my favorite shows of the past few years, uh, definitely.
0: You know, the director of Wild has worked on Big Little Lies as Absolutely.
1: Well. I noticed that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's just great. I think it's really good fun. Um, I'd be interested to know more about how the book relates. I mean, when it's something based on a true story, you always yeah, want to work out what the differences, what the differences were are or
2: similarities were.
1: Um I think the concept of someone walking by themselves on something like the PCT is insane. Yes. I, and at no point was I inspired to do the same, but I was like, I quite like to see those places, but I'd like to be kind of driven there and go, Yes, this is the view that Cheryl Strade would have seen after two months of walking down uh, down the PCT. One of my favourite authors is uh, Bill Bryson, and I love his um, walk in the woods, uh, based on him walking the Appalachian Trail with his friend Stephen Katz. Uh, so I love that kind of side of things and people trying to do those things.
0: Do you know, interestingly enough, it's funny you say that, Kobe, because I was reading an article where someone was criticising the fact that Cheryl Strayed hadn't actually completed the whole PCT but they were drawing comparisons with Bill Bryson mm. and that he hadn't actually competed no. that whole trail as well. doesn't mean it's not bloody Impressive. amazing. Is that yeah. because she took the bus for part of it or something? I don't know. Yeah, they do touch on it in the film, but I don't really understand the nuances of her journey and what was missed out or what was not missed out. All I know that it was... How long? Enormous anyway. Piece. It's like 3,000 and something miles and she did 1,000 and something miles. Um I mean, the fact that, you know, sort of by day five,
2: she'd almost nearly given up yeah. and then yeah, went on She'd to only do gone that, 20
1: miles in, in five days.
2: Still a massive, massive achievement for someone who clearly had never done anything like that.
1: I think before. when you say like she's walked every day for three months, that's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, Carrying a rucksack,
1: yeah. that probably
3: weighs... Her own weight again.
1: That was one of the things that endeared me to her most at the start. Was when she's trying to get the rucksack on in in the Airbnb, yeah, or the sorry in the um, in the motel or where it was, and she's like literally has to go in her face and do like a press up to get into position, and then she's faced with that same thing where someone drops her off at the start of the PCT, and she's like, oh fuck, i got to do this again. And on, on on the gravel, she's doing the same thing again. I was just like, this is such a good like physical actress as well yeah in in those kind of scenes
2: but it's it's so great that's so important because the film sets you up and you're thinking oh my god she's such an idiot it's like dumb american thinks she can do it Mm. ha 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 and you're almost like you want her to fail because she's gone into it so naively
1: why did you want her to fail
2: well this is it you could do yeah um or you're just like she's never gonna do it and you kind of want to see the pain and everything but then you just really warm to her really instantly because of how she sort of deals with it. And I think it's because of the way that obviously they've managed to bring the book to life and kind of what's going on in her head in the book, which obviously is when you're reading it, is different. And I think that's really clever how they've managed to do that and kind of elapse the time as well.
1: Have you read the book as well?
2: No, but I can imagine from... It feels that it's it's kind of like maybe a diary of sort of inner thoughts, possibly. Sure. And kind of like feelings, and they've managed to kind of make a script out of it and piece it all together in, to make a film. That's kind of what I... Think. So I've
1: not I've not rare, I've not not seen the film A Walk in the Woods, because I don't want... Everyone says it's quite crappy, but everyone says this is a good film compared to the book. So I'm going to defer to yourself, Hannah. How do you feel it compares, or what kind of things do you wish you'd seen or not seen, uh, based on...
3: So I'm always nervous to watch a film of a book that I've loved. Mm. Um, and I think what you said, Helen, is absolutely correct. It's definitely a book about a spiritual evolution of someone grieving, recovering from addiction, figuring out who they are. And I think that kind of quite um, deep and personal memoir almost would could have been really difficult to... Um, translate onto onto, into a film but actually I think the way it's kind of drip drip fed throughout the film in that kind of time lapse almost sort of flashbacks in moments in the walk where they're then kind of mirrored in moments in her life previously um, and also with her contact with her former life as well so when she's like walking along the trail and she's having to phone home to say you know I'm just letting you know I used your address or actually, you know, her friends are sending her kind of at the agreed points along the trail. Um, I think they managed to kind of weave in the story really, really nicely.
0: What I think is so nice when she does, does give um, a glimpse of her inner thoughts and feelings, she says a lot, I'm really missing you. I'm, I'm missing you. And you're often thinking to yourself, who are you missing? Are you missing your husband? Are you missing your mother? Or if you want to get really deep, are you missing, missing yourself? Your own self? Yeah. Because she does say she wants to walk herself back to the woman her mother thought she was. And so I think that's interesting that she does say that out loud and we do get that glimpse. Um, And it's just, I found it quite heartbreaking to watch and her having to like process all of those things and watching that kind of loneliness play out. I think on the
3: screen, she's quite... I would say at the start of the film, I think she's quite a uh, quite a hard character, quite reserved, quite, you know, she's obviously wary. I actually don't view her as a kind of silly American at the start. You just kind of, sorry to Americans. <laughs> you just kind of view her as someone who's clearly quite troubled. Um, but I think that they then kind of managed to unravel her and you, she she warms up and you warm up to her as the film kind of develops I think
1: what I really liked about this story like I was I guess I was I was on her side from the start um why not and I guess when you watch a lot of films and it's based on a true story you kind of think well there is an end to it we're gonna we're gonna go through this so we might as well kind of come on for the ride what I really liked was that she had come she was an intelligent um person she read all these books and that was kind of evident in the kind of phrases that she left. I don't know if that was true that she left these kind of phrases, what I mean, and stuff like that on the PCT as she was writing, writing the log books. Um, that's something I would never do myself. I, I haven't got a, a bank of uh, book quotes to just lay down of any poignancy as I'm doing anything of little note that I do. But I think that kind of really lays into her as a character and the fact that she's writing this book all the way through and she's re- recalling her past lives and things like that really does kind of bring you into her, uh, Cheryl Strayed as a character. So I, I think I will look at this book. I'll, I think I'll try and read this at some point because I think it's, I'd like to get the kind of insights and see what kind of things we missed from obviously the fact that it's a film and it's a narrative and they have to kind of tell an engaging story but maybe not be able to just reach into her mind um, in the same way that a book can.
3: And she's become- Cheryl Strayed's become a bit of a kind of icon as well has she's hasn't become she? also a feminist icon massive Lots feminist icon a bit of like a self-helpy development icon as well yeah so I think she's quite an interesting woman
0: yeah absolutely and the quotes in general that the film offers you know when she recalls something her mother said to her that she says she's never been able to let go where her mum said them I also I think about this quite a lot there's a there's a sunrise and a sunset every day and you can choose to be there for it and so I think when it when when she says things like that i just i think they're wonderful little nuggets to take mm. um but but going back to the feminist thing my favorite bit in the film which brings up the word feminist quite literally is when she gets stopped by that man who says hey i'm um i'm actually doing a piece for the hobo times and she's like i'm not a hobo um and then he asks her he's like oh you sound like a feminist um <laughs> that whole scene in general is just amazing and I wondered whether off the back of that that was something that actually happened in real life that she was she was like snapshotted not snapshotted she was pictured by that photographer mm. um or journalist and um but yeah I just thought it was such a funny scene yeah it's really funny
1: yeah there's no. I'm not a hobo. I've never seen a female hobo before. <laughs> Here's your care package. Bye. It's just like yeah, she thanks, thought she, no she thought that she's like being saved. It's like oh, there's a car. going to stop oh, me? No, bless her. I was like oh.
2: And there's kind of there's moments in there that do kind of turn things on their head a little bit. So obviously she gets picked up by the um, the farmer mm. um, who kind of initially gets in there looking like he's you know after something a little bit more than what she. Is after and offers us some licorice, and you kind of think, is this going to go into yeah. like some weird dark territory? And it it doesn't. It kind of goes, no, actually, this is um, the the kindness of people who are willing to help out, and you shouldn't like always judge, kind yeah. of thing. So th- there's moments in like that which uh, surprised me. I mean, I would
0: never go on a walk on my own
1: like yeah. that. No, I wouldn't go and walk by, by myself but like that. It's,
0: yeah, I know. that's, But yeah. it makes me really it's, want to. Yeah, but it, the journey is one thing. The, the safety is another. When she does see those two men that you mentioned, Helen, your heart stops and they don't actually do anything to her in the scene. But when he approaches her and he starts saying all that stuff about how she looks and she obviously feels so vulnerable and uncomfortable and it's just horrible to have to see even that play out. But I wonder whether that did play on her mind on a daily basis that, feeling of being vulnerable. totally alone and vulnerable yeah.
3: yeah but then I feel like you you're going to expect to see so few people so and there is a kind of community along the trail so you're sort of thinking well if someone's going to put themselves out onto this kind of crazy expedition it's probably possibly not to seek out women it's to go on a self-help journey I, I, it made me want to do it. It made me want yeah. to do something really hard because I think it's amazing.
0: Well, they said they've had loads of like uptakes. Yeah, suddenly
3: film, yeah. It, it becomes this massive motorway of people just walking up and down it. I guess
1: the very few people even knew what it was before yeah. before this film came out, before the book came out. Um, there's a there's I mean, back in the, where's it, like 2000s? There's a lady, there's a British lady, Fionn Walker, something like that, who walked quite far around the world. Uh, I'm going to check this out because... Did I they make what,
2: a film of it though?
1: Well, this is... <laughs> Well, if they didn't make a film of it, it's definitely not going to be in Definitely
3: didn't happen if, it, if they didn't make a film of it.
1: Um, so she starts to spiral as a result of her her mother getting ill and dying, which is which I don't know. I don't I don't want to say a trope. That sounds kind of reductive, but um, she seems like a perfectly kind of happy person at that point. Although perhaps on a bit on the breadline, but then seriously losing everything, going into heroin and stuff like that. And it's I can I can see what you're saying, Helen. In terms of like, this is like a Hollywood story made to a redemption Hollywood story, fronted by a female protagonist who's like hit rock bottom, and this is now her championing way to to the top. But we want more of these kind of stories, surely, rather than people go the other way. No.
2: Yes. I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it's. I mean, obviously, her life is completely different to my life and anyone that I know. So it just it just seems like a completely different world. It, but it's one of those things when that kind of story just, I don't know, lends itself more to, to being on screen. I don't know.
1: Right. So it was a lady called Fiona Campbell, uh, double F-Y-O-N-A. And she walked around the world, she's from UK, she's from Devon. Uh, She walked around the world, covering 32,000 kilometres, 20,000 miles in 11 years and raised 1,800 for charity. Uh, And she wrote about it in a series of three books. Um, Let's. Yeah, no film. So we'll never, we'll never see it. Film. No.
0: Oh, shadowed by a BBC. Oh no. Okay. No. Yeah. Someone could make that. Yeah. There you go.
1: Anyone? Well, you're. You've meeting a lot of film people in your in your line of podcasting.
0: Shall I suggest it? I think you should do. I will.
1: Well, I. I was hoping that each each interaction you have with someone, you just lay down a script. Yeah, I will. Or like a trailer. I need to to do that
0: more at the end. I just, I just do say, give me a job. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do that more though. She was shadowed by
3: a BBC film crew and presenter Janet Street Porter.
1: That must have been just for a short period.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: Like when they're through, like going through Dubai or something like that. So you guys hadn't heard of her?
2: Nope, nope, no. Yeah, we've talked briefly, but can we just talk some more about how great Laura Dernan is? <gasps> oh, she's own- so great. She's this woman who clearly has had a bit of a tough life. Still has this kind of amazing positive energy, mm. and she goes back to school, and she's just alive with learning, and just really is one of those people who seems like to have had hardship and hardship, and she keeps going. Even she even kind of gets, you know, Reese Witherspoon kind of gives a shit about her singing and about her cheerfulness, and she's just like, just listen, you know.
1: I love the bit Got when keep this. when they met in school. Because you don't have that in the UK at all. If if our parents didn't finish education, well, high school, secondary school, if they wanted to get educated again, they wouldn't go back into the same school as the same local high school. They'd go to like some education center. Yeah, Yeah. but or what? Could could they go to the local college?
2: Yeah.
1: Okay. Maybe. Well,
2: like in an evening class, maybe, but it wouldn't be like you'd sit there in class in like next to a sixteen-year-old.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So that must that's that's a form of determination itself to be in the same class as your as your daughter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it breaks my heart in the film when she semi-doesn't acknowledge her in the corridor. And then she goes to her at the e- in the evening and says, sorry that I sort of ignored you in school, mum. And um, and Laura Dern's character doesn't really bat an eyelid. But their relationship at that point, Reese Witherspoon's character starting to see that her mum is more human and is trying her best mm. and is trying everything to keep happy and do the right thing for the family. And it's it's heartwarming and also heartbreaking to kind of watch that play out, I thought.
1: Yeah, because there's that scene where she said, look, we're on the bread line, uh, we can't put put rub two six together. And Nora Dunn's like, yeah, but, you know, there's love.
0: Yeah, it's, like, it's lovely. Um, is
1: there anything else, guys, before we head to the scores?
0: Can I just say one thing? Of course. So this film actually contains one of my favourite film scenes of all time. And it's towards the end, and it includes a llama, a dog, a young boy, a mm. grandma, and Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> now, um, the llama. Which those are, five
1: things is like the
0: <laughs> it's a magical those five things.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> but it's just I I I've um, got my mum to watch that scene on YouTube in isolation several times. So the young boy and the grandma meet Reese Witherspoon's character after she finds their llama who's gone astray, and. One of the actual lines that gets me is when she says, how are you enjoying your hike today? And the young boy says, I'm having a wonderful time. Thank you very much for asking. And she says, you're so polite. And just his response and being so polite and then talking to her about how he has some problems. Mm. And he's a small child and he's aware that he has some problems, but he doesn't really understand. And then he sings her a song and she starts to cry. I honestly think it's one of the best moments in film I've ever seen. And I just think it's so special. And even if anyone listening who can't be bothered to watch the whole film, please do Google the llama scene in Wild.
1: I'd say do watch the film. Yeah. And because it's it,
0: definitely it, say watch the film. It, yeah, it. and that. And that, sorry. <laughs>
1: There's more added weights if you yeah. if you watch the film at that point. In and the
0: context, yeah. it definitely. But I
2: just, yeah, it's so special. And spoiler, you'll be rewarded by a llama.
1: Well <laughs> the old Llama reward. That's what we'll be waiting for in films. Yeah. Um right. Should we head to the scores? Let's
2: do some scorings.
1: Hello, I'm Sam Pei. And I'm Martin zot And together we host a show called Song Song by Song, where we deal with the music of Tom Waits. We've been going since uh, 2015. Every week we talk about a new track. Uh, We've made our way through 15 seasons so far of his music. And now we're going back to the early years and if you haven't listened to Tom Hicks before it's not the growly stuff it's not the stuff where he's hitting an automobile with a bone for percussion it's a nice easy way into his music if that sounds like something you would be interested in you should check out our website songbysongpodcast.com or put song by song
3: into your podcatcher of choice
2: These are a uh, special flix watcher patented scoring system. They are all out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish. And we will start with you, Georgie, please, with your recommendability score.
0: Um because this is a film I chose, I'm gonna back myself and go for five.
1: Gonna back yourself. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um I really think I do I as I said before I acknowledge that it has some flaws. Um, but I just think it's inspiring I like that the message she gives at the end is that I wouldn't change anything she says that Um, and I think it's a good message Um, and I enjoy her journey and I think yeah I'm hoping other people would enjoy it so I would say five bold shout.
1: Hannah. Hannah.
0: I would probably say
3: 4.5 because I think there's a few people who I wouldn't recommend this to, so my dad definitely wouldn't watch this.
0: But your dad loves a hike.
3: But he doesn't <laughs> like watching a hike. He likes doing a hike. I
0: beg to differ.
3: I, I think it would be too too deep for him. I think there's too much in introspection. I definitely wouldn't recommend it to my boyfriend Tom either. I, I, he only likes films with... Yeah, I don't want to go down the sort of films he likes, not dodgy ones. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Can God. you cut that
1: out! <laughs> no, we can't that out. So what? What kind of films is? I guess what's your what's your struggle like on Netflix? Is is it easy oh, to find a film? The struggle is so real. Is it? <laughs>
3: um, Tom only likes films about cycling, or gangs,
1: cycling or gangs. Well, that's, that's fine. I mean, there's Irishman's a lot of great,
3: great films about cycling.
1: Irishman Icarus. Have you seen? We've Icarus?
3: Icarus? all Icarus every, so good. <laughs> everything available. We've watched
1: so. So you're you're the one that's more amenable to his films, but he's not amenable to your films.
3: But I do like those types of films she as well. She does love them. I'm yeah, you
1: yeah. do love them. Yeah. Uh, Helen recommendability. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm I'm going to go for a four point five on that. I think some people. One thing that's really interesting is that for such a kind of scenic route, there are some great bits with the scenery. Mm but it's not really about that. So maybe if someone goes in expecting that they're going to kind of like have like a, a virtual tour of doing the the walk, then that that's not kind of what it's about. Um, I guess this film kind of, obviously the title is very similar, but um, like Into the Wild, there must be kind of a thing that happened to a lot of kind of 20-year-olds at a certain point in time where they just kind of wanted to go and find themselves in the wild.
1: What was the story of Into the Wild? Who's in that?
2: So that's um, Emil, Emil Hirsch, I think, where he basically just kind of goes off the grid and um, ends up living in the wild.
3: Right. Based on a true story as well. Yeah,
2: another true story. Eddie Vedder did the soundtrack for it.
3: Who wrote the book? Who's the real story of? Wow. Well, oh, that's going to really annoy me. Anyway, I sorry. Name.
1: Yeah, I'm going to join you guys on a 4.5. I think I I'd wanted to see it and Um, maybe I just didn't feel it was worth a trip to the cinema which might play into a small screen score but I'm super glad it was on Netflix and super glad that you brought it to us uh, Georgie but I think there's a few people who go like no I'm not going to watch it
2: I mean I guess it's it's, if if you I think it's even worth it just for you know her performance because it's it's a really transformative performance from her as well and it doesn't sometimes those kind of things can feel a bit like they're too overplayed or Mm. they're trying too hard and I just think she's just it feels like a really natural performance
1: repeat viewing score guys Georgie
0: I'm going to go with four because I've seen it recently obviously and I don't feel like I need to watch it again anytime soon I'll give it a good year maybe and then I'll watch it again Um, I'm going to go four
1: so once a year it's still quite that's quite regular in in this day and age I'll put
0: it in my diary (laughs) (laughs) Little Google (laughs) calendar reminder
1: 4th of of December Time to watch Wild again Uh, (laughs) Hannah
3: I probably Would give it a 3 Because I watched it When my sister recommended it to me And then I've watched it again Recently And I probably wouldn't want to watch it again For quite a while
1: Helen, Yeah
2: I'm going to say a 3 I will probably Watch it again not, not in an immediate rush but um I would definitely be interested in reading the book and then maybe watching the film again to see how they go um but yeah I mean saying that I've said before there wasn't much scenery but there was some kind of scenery and I mm. think there's quite a lot to take in in the first go
1: I think um yeah 2.5 it'll be read the book which will be in the next couple of months. Um, and I'll either rewatch it straight away or wait for like a year or two before watching it again. But I don't think I'll, I'll watch it that much after that. But I think it definitely does deserve a rewatch. Um, and it, yeah, it just went into places I didn't think it was going to go to. So I think um, it's really good, really good, but not super rewatchable. Georgie, small screen score.
0: Small screen score. Um... Can you remind me again, because I get myself confused with this one.
1: So a high small screen score is where you think it's perfect for watching Netflix and you're not that fussed about missing it in the cinema. A low small screen score is where you think, holy shit, I I need to see this in the cinema.
0: Okay, Um, so I'm going to go with a three, a middle-of-the-road three, because I think that it can be really enjoyed in the comfort of your home on Netflix. Um, But I also think it does deserve a big screen watch as that's where I caught it first mm. and I thought it made it that bit that bit more epic
1: on the, on the bigger screen Yeah, Hannah
0: I'm going to go with a
3: four I have only ever seen it on a small screen and I don't know how much more I would have got from it because for me it wasn't really about the scenery it was about the journey the journey so I'm going to say a four
2: Helen um, yes this is kind of a tough one I'm going to go 3.5 I think I would like to have seen this in the cinema
1: were you aware of when it came out
2: yeah but I just thought it was going to be a bit a bit naff <laughs> um, and I don't
1: so think about Reese Witherspoon now and she used to do a similar film like this would you think yeah I need to go I should go and see that
2: But you'd already done it so what would you yeah, be but think it?
1: hypothetically
2: Um, I mean, probably. Yeah, Mm. maybe. I don't know. I I think I maybe saw the trailer and maybe the trailer didn't really do it justice. Mm. Maybe they tried to make it less about the more abstract ways that her memories and experiences are presented and tried to present it in more of a kind of like epic kind of like overcoming struggles kind of thing. Whereas I really enjoyed the more abstract flashbacks and bits where it was slightly confusing where where she was.
1: So three point five. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, to answer that question. I think I've got some. Like I say, I've got so much more respect for Reese Witherspoon over the past couple of years than I had done previously. And seeing this film, if she if she was to do a fronted film like this now, I'd be like, let's go and see this new Reese Witherspoon film. Um, and I think potentially the reason I didn't go and see it in the cinema is because it was fronted by Reese, who I hadn't not written off, but I didn't think she's necessarily that big a draw of a, of a of an actor. But now my opinion on her has has changed a lot. Um, so I think it would be like, yeah, let's go and see this film and see what she's what she's up to, and yay to anything else that she uh, brings out with her with the production company. And Jean-Marc valet the director. Yeah, the, the director. Yeah, yeah. and like, like I say, Big Little Lies is, I think, absolutely phenomenal. Um, another thing on HBO, HBO's knocked it out of the park this year with the TV shows Chernobyl. He did,
0: um, he did Sharp Objects as well.
1: Uh, I've not seen did that yet. See that? I, um, everyone says to watch that as well. I couldn't something. get into
0: good. it. I, I mean, I did watch half of it and not finish it. But from what I saw, it was really good.
1: But that's why Andrea Arnold was brought in for season two, wasn't it? Oh, was she. Yeah, oh yes, yeah, because she was, wasn't he's, she? because he's working on Sharp Objects. Ah yeah. yes. Um, so small screen score I'm going to go for 4.5 I still I mean if it's come out now again I would have seen it in the cinema but I, I like you say the scenery didn't really wasn't really about that at all um, so I kind of would have liked this to be maybe a mini series actually and spend more time with her and unpicking the reasons why she's done that because I don't because I don't think the bigness of the screen this, um, and the scenery doesn't really help so 4.5 engagement score
0: Kobe Helen can you please remind me? Uh, So I guess for
2: me it's if if I was like looking at things on my phone or kind of like I don't know got up and didn't pause it then that would be quite a low engagement score if I sat there sort of from the start to finish and just like where did two hours go then that would be like a five or if I felt that I had to really tune into it because I'd miss pop key plot points and that would
0: be high as well okay so on that basis I'm going to go for 4.8 I think there are moments where you don't have to tune in maybe when she's yeah I mean overall I would say do because I think I just think the journey is so great that there are so many flashbacks as well that if you didn't pay attention you might miss and you can't afford to miss the llama scene (laughs) so stay tuned
1: Hannah?
3: I am going to go 4.2 because you to get the most out of it I think you need to stay engaged and you need to watch it but watching it the second time around probably in the wrong headspace there were points where I did want to just go away and just fiddle around and do something a little bit different so there were points when I wasn't completely engaged mm. so
1: 4.2 I think sometimes when you when you feel you have to go away if you're happy for it to be playing in the background that's a low thing but sometimes I've, I've started the film and gone no I can't do it right now because I know I need to be like on it or otherwise I'm just gonna I'm not gonna get the full extent of it things like Arrival I think I started watched it in the cinema and I thought this is amazing and then started it once at home but my mind was elsewhere and it's just like no I need to Focus, come back another time Kobe. yeah
2: yeah uh i'm gonna go 4.8 on this one oh wow um yeah so i was, I was really engaged in this um I, I think had it been a bit longer i might have struggled a bit but yeah just really engaged and just really enjoyed how um kind of like weird and dreamlike some of the 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 like flashbacks and moments and mm. we've not really talked about um, this. some really emotional stuff with kind of the relationship with the family and the horse and that kind of like how that's affecting her in the real time as well which I just thought was really um, impactful
1: and a descent into heroin was quite raw as well mm. um, yeah, there's,
2: there's a lot going on in a relatively short run time for mm. that
1: you haven't mentioned the runtime, Helen which is it's, absolutely it's one strange one
2: hour 55
1: is that how does that sit with you
2: um, I didn't notice it. I knew I knew it was going to be I knew it was going to um, be quite long, true. but um I think when I kind of I wasn't there going come on bring bring it up, you know, to the yeah. end a little bit. So, yeah. I didn't, uh, I'm
1: going to go I'm going to go for four. Uh pretty well engaged. I I was under no illusion that she wasn't going to make it to where she wants to make it. Which kind of takes that kind of bit of jeopardy out, but I like the way it kind of laid in. And I think with the way the flashbacks work, I'm not typically a fan of flashbacks in films. But the way it just kind of comes in, and then like the next time you see that scene, it kind of builds up more to it. And it's not signposted as well. It's just that some a lot of times the flashbacks don't even have any sound to it. It's just that something happens, um, and you like, or there might just be a random sound that kind of brings you back in. So you do have to be kind of on top of it to to do that. Yes, yeah, a four, and that gives us an overall score of oh
0: just under four tall, oh. yes
1: 3.98750 i thought i was going to crack the four this one where did it lose points i'll repeat viewing
2: someone only gave it 2.5 uh
1: well them's the breaks <laughs> <laughs> um hannah and george can you tell everyone where they can find you online and uh, say ciao
3: thank you so much i am hannah you can find me at mags creative on instagram
0: Thanks very much for having me. I'm Georgie and you can find me over on Instagram at Screenster UK and I'm on the Screenster podcast.
2: Thanks so much for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. 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 Enjoyed this episode of Flix Watcher podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at Flix Watcher pod on Twitter and we're at Flix Watcher on Instagram.